creating your future. Everybody have a future. But you have a responsibility to create this future to a large degree. Hallelujah. I'm going to read two scriptures and I'm going to be speaking from those two scriptures. So can you talk with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 51? Isaiah 51, I'll read verse 16. Hallelujah. And he said, And I put my words in their mouth, and I've covered thee in the shadow of my hand, that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say unto Zion, Thou art my people. The next scripture I would like us to read is Acts chapter 10. I'll be speaking from these two scriptures. Very simple and short message. Acts chapter 10 verse 1. Let's read up to 4. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Colonius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. A devout man and the one that feared God with all his household. We gave alms to the people and prayed to God always. Not always. Always. Go and take a look at that. He saw in a vision evidently about the night hours of the day an angel of God coming unto him and saying unto him, Colinius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, The prayer and the arms are common for what? A memorial before God. I want to be speaking on just three things that you can actually use to create a future. It's like building what God has already planned. Hallelujah. One of those things is words. Words. I've said this, uh, I think, a few weeks ago. The power of words. Now, the original intent of words is not communication, but creation. God's intention for words is not communication. It's creation. Are you there? So, often we use words for communication, but that is not what God intends it to be. If you look in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and we look at verse 3, are you there? Through faith, we understand that the worlds or the ages were framed by what? The word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By implication, the plants, the trees, the animals you see, they were not there until somebody acted by words. Is that okay? And so, you find that we create things in this planet by our words. 
God also designed it that we create things in life by our words. Because it was when he spoke that things came into existence. Until God spoke, nothing happened. Thoughts are not sufficient until you verbalize what you are thinking. Hallelujah. We create things on this planet Earth. Remember what God said in Isaiah 51. I put my words in your mouth that you may what? Plant the heavens. Create life through your words. Some of you, your words are destructive. And you may not know it. That is why you must mind what you say and to whom you say it. And one of the reasons is because there is enough energy within you. Let me explain something to you. The things that are not seen from what we just read were brought into being through the word that God spoke. Is that, is that correct? And all this came from within itself. So nothing exists in creation without a source. Am I right? There was nothing in creation until God spoke. Now, it means everything that came into... Oh, come on, help me here. That simply means the goat was in God. The mango tree was in God. Am I talking to someone here? Anything you see was in him. So when you spoke it, it became real. So now we know that the things which are seen were made by the things who were spoken, which has to do with what? The word of God. Therefore, the life, let me tell you, the life that God has for you is on your inside. As you speak this word, they go to become fruitful. Oh, hear what God has to say about Samuel in our first Samuel chapter 3, the last verse. He said, Now everybody from Dan to Bethlehem know that God has raised Samuel as a prophet, and none of his words fall to the ground. That means every word that Samuel spoke was creative, was impactful, was transforming. Are you still there? See, we must come to the place to, of this realization that we are not just existing as human beings, we are existing as God's beings on the earth. Amen? And that God is depending on us to create. To create the environment that we want to live in, to create the environment that others must live in, and have life to his fullness. We are agents of transformation. And this is produced by the words we speak. I once gave you a testimony of an old uncle, if I may borrow the word of Maxwell, that operated in a negative supernatural. And you should understand what I mean by that. He lived in Yoruba in those days. And he came back to the village, I'll tell you there. Don't want to call the name. And then here was this man that came quarreling and insulting him. He stood and he told him, please, can you please go away now? Because before I speak something. He said, you can't do anything. And he looked at him and he said, okay, just go. And as soon as he did that, this other man stripped and became naked. Words 
empowered by that which is from within. The life in you can create things for you to see. But it must come to the words that you speak. God said, I put the word there. It's like saying, the same word that I use, I've dropped in your life. Use it to create the heavens. And lay the foundation of the earth. So that we may not come to the plan and say, the foundation of the earth is out of course. It means somebody is not speaking something to lay the foundation through the word. Every situation you find yourself, you can change through the word. And Jesus will say, the words that I speak unto you, they are life and they are spirit. They are life means they give life. Because they are spiritually energized. Hallelujah. Things that are not seen are brought into being through the words that God spoke. Even so, things that you can't see now, you can bring into reality yes. by the things you say. Yeah. Listen, you can damage your family by the things you say. Keep saying, this marriage will not work. This thing will not work. It will not work. Because you are creating disability into the system. Keep saying it. <laughs> You don't understand who you are. And until you understand who you are, things will always remain the way they are. Hallelujah. I love Lemuel. You all of you know him. There are things she says that I'm so excited about. Every time she sent me a text message, oh my God, I feel excited. This child knows where and what and who she is. She knows where she's going. She knows what she wants in life and she knows exactly who she is. Words will reveal your identity. Amen? Hallelujah. You can create a new environment for yourself. You can change the situation around you. No, listen. Don't let fear be your guide. <laughs> let, let fear be your guide. Let, let fear be the, be the instruction by which you live your life. No. Words. No matter how rough and tough a situation is, words can inject life again into it. So whether it be your business, speak to your business. Create life there. Lay a new foundation for your business that seems to be crumbling. Create life. You see the simple testimony of that young girl? Simple word. The God of my father. He was not referring to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was referring to his natural father. Who also believed in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's like the same thing which has to do with the transference of the blessing from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That was his father and now she can inherit it. Redemption. Words. If she has kept her mouth short crying... Oh, did you get that? It has all now finished. Yes, it will have been finished. But when, even what you are saying is, that means I'm not going to see my father again. Nothing happened. No. Where is God's beyond complaints? <laughs> are you still there with me? I have put my words in your mouth that you may create the heavens. And laid the foundations of the earth. The heavens ruled. The earth responds to heaven. 
In other words, things come from the heavens and they manifest on the earth. Don't forget what I've said. Everything you see in creation was resident in God. The only way for God to bring them forth was to speak. Hallelujah. Are you done? Okay. You go back and meditate on that and think much more deeper than what I'm talking about. Now let's go to the Acts chapter 1, I mean chapter 10 like I, like I said before. And we're going to look at another principle by which you create a future. Now all of this I'm saying is that okay, you want to live a good life, you start betting it today through your word. You can have the picture of the life you want to live. You begin to bet it. You begin to speak it. You are creating it. As you speak, the words are going before you to establish an environment that you finally enter into. You create your heavens by your words. Hallelujah. And all of this thing is factored on what you believe. Because from the abundance of the heart, the man speak it. So what you believe which is a factor of that which is in your heart depends on what you bring forth. And so you can bring forth negative things and definitely are creating the negative heavens for yourself. You have the option today to create your world. And depending on the world you want to create. It could be positive. It could be negative. And that has to do with what you know. What's on your inside. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 10, we read of Colinius. First thing you need to understand about this man is the man who understands authority. Because he lived as a soldier. Amen. Are you there? Okay. But here was a man that was serving without actually knowing what he was looking for or where he would come from. But by his activity, he has built up something in the spirit through his word. Generosity. So the next thing you need to think about in your life is what? Generosity. Write it down. Hallelujah. He was serving. He didn't even know the God he was having because he was not a Jew. Am I right? He was just having. He was not a Jew. But he knew what it means to serve. Some of you, you want people to force you to serve God. I'm sorry. There are some people that you no longer pet or part to serve God. That you know that they need to serve God. Hallelujah. Generosity attracts God and provoke him to action. He was just serving. You see, so everything you do, your prayers, your generosity, everything is building up something for you. Can you imagine this man getting the Holy Ghost without even fasting for it? It's accumulation of the things he was praying for and the helps he was rendering. Everything accumulated in the future. That he became the first Gentile family to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There were several other Gentiles. It's like the question the Bible makes me. I, they were asked a question one time. He said, There were so many widows in Israel, but only the widow of Zarephath. Why was it that it was only that widow that God had to recognize? Go and study. Because Jesus said there were several other widows. But this widow of Zarephath was the one that God pointed out and spoke to Elijah about. And God said that there were several other widows. It's the same thing. There were other Gentiles. There were other people who were not Jewish people at that time. How come that God located Colinius? Generosity. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying here? Very important. You create your wall by the things you do today. 
There is nothing to lose by being good and doing good. Nothing. Every good deed did now, you do now, is a foundation that you are laying. It speaks tomorrow. It goes before you to await you. You walk into it unexpectedly. Even when you don't dream about it, it rolls down to you. Hallelujah. If you go to the book of Exodus chapter 17 from verse 1 to 6, you can just write it down. Exodus 17, 1 to 6. You're going to read about a particular tribe or family called the Amalek. But first of all, there is something you need to understand here. At Raphidim, hallelujah, in the book of Exodus, uh, okay, you can just read it, children of Israel and all of that. But that, there's a particular spot they come into called Raphidim, right there in the book of Exodus. Is that okay? Hallelujah. All the congregation of children of Israel journey from the wilderness. Praise the Lord. You're shutting me. Come on. All the congregation of the children of Israel journey from the wilderness of Sain after their journey according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Raphidim and there was no water for the people to drink. But here they had supernatural supply because God gave instruction. Is that okay? Come on, are you with me? When they came into this place, there was no water for them. But later, water came because God spoke. So, at Raphidim, Something happened. There was a visitation. Is that okay? By the Lord. And a supernatural provision was made. But there is something if you read the story down. There was this Amalek people that came to fight. These people in this particular place where God was making provision for them. The Amalek actually were the concubine children of Esau. Some people say they have existed before that time, whatever is key, but we know that there is Amalek who is supposed to be the conquered by children of Esau. Hallelujah. Now, where was this Esau? This, 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 you're giving a story, Jacob and Esau, you remember that? And you know, from the picture of things, you find that Esau was supposed to be fighting his way through to succeed. Amen? And that degenerated to even his grandchildren. What does that mean? Listen closely to this. Amalek people develop a survivor mentality because they were the sons of a concubine who do not have a right to things as heirs. Glory to God. Are you following what I'm saying there? They, they develop a survivor mentality. So many of us in the house of God. I want you to understand this. See, they develop a survival mentality because they were the sons of a concubine who do not have a right to things as heirs. So I must survive. <laughs> and that is the mentality of so many believers, so many Christians. Survivor mentality. But heirs inherit. Am I talking to someone here? Concubine children struggle to survive. Your struggle is over if you are a child in this house. It's a mentality of the sons of concubines. They want to fight the air so that they can get something for themselves. They want to survive because they know they don't have anything laid down for them. Do you remember what even, even Abraham did? 
The Bible says he gave gift to the children of the concubine and sent them away. Is that okay? And so remember, if their gift got exhausted, what do you think they're going to do? They come back to fight the heirs of the house to get the things they're supposed to get. But hear this. You are a child of God. I'm amazed when I was looking at the scripture and, and something began to come across my mind. Jesus was saying the question, I said, look at, look, at the, look at the ravens, look at the sparrows. They neither sow nor reap. Can you picture that? They neither sow nor reap. Say, but God fills them. And you are much more of value than those sparrows. What is he saying? You have a father. Who understands your needs? Who understands your lives? You have a father. Let a survivor mentality be taken away from you. I have come that you may have life and to have it more abundantly. Get connected. Help me tell your neighbor, just get connected. That is all you need. Get connected. Just get connected to God. Get connected. You see, God is not intending us that we struggle to survive. Let a survivor thoughts get out of your mind. Just know that you have to live. And you have to live life what? Abundantly. That is God's intention and meant for you. But just get connected. Know that you're an heir in this house. The household of it. God is our father. Hallelujah. Amen. Amalek. The next thing I want you to pick up is I've spoken about wealth. I've spoken about what? Generosity. You're creating your future when you live within these principles. Another thing I want you to understand is relationship. From those two passages, especially verse number 10. Relationship. One of the ways to assess true and good relationship is through generosity. I want you to understand it. Hallelujah. Relationship. Are you there with me? The way to assess relationship is what? Generosity. You, 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 you can't remove it. Anybody you do good for, automatically you have a relationship with that individual. Am I right? Come on. Am I right? Now, how do you imagine Colinius getting connected to Peter if not for generosity? She was, he was generous. Are you there with me? And God brought him into a relationship with who? With Peter. So that means generosity will bring you into divine relationship. And relationship sometimes and most often to people who are higher than the level that you are. That you may go up to the level that those people are. Now you watch this. Colinius knows nothing about the Holy Spirit. Does not worship as the Jewish people worship in, in, in that sense. But now here was Peter who has kind of upgraded into another level from Judaism to Pentecostal level. Is that okay? And here is God bringing Colinius to connect to an apostolic platform because of what? Generosity. Your arms will always be a memorial. 
just as your prayers is a memorial. People pray so much, but they don't give. But I have always told you, the truth of the matter is, is prayer doesn't bring money. It's giving the doors. For when you give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Shaking together, present. Remember, running over. Shall God cause men to give to your bosom? Relationship, because you are a generous man. God connects you to people who also bless you. Hallelujah. The greater dimension in life is not a location, but in a person. Write it down. Hallelujah. The greatest dimension in life is not in a location, but what? In a person. <laughs> it's important you understand what I'm saying this morning. Amen? Sometimes you'll be saying, well, <laughs> this country is not good enough. Oh, I want to relocate. This state is not good enough. I want to go to another state. Fine, there is nothing wrong with all of those thoughts. But the point is this. If you get connected to a person, even in this bad state that this state is, you will get to the top. Yes, sir. The greater dimension in life is not in a location, but in what? In a person. I don't want to mention them, but we have one of these pastors in town who is one of his members, as it were, are connected to it's a big chart in the government politically. You need to get to the pastor's church. It was supposed to be a small place. But because of this one man, just this one man, just get there. You see, <laughs> beauty and glory. One man. It's not the offering from his church. Did you get what I'm talking about? It's not fundraising. Now the man has single-handedly built this pastor a school. So their private school is running in a new atmosphere. One man. Tell me if that man, that pastor want to relocate from this country. Because things are not moving. Not at all. In fact, he will not want to relocate by no means. Even if you give him a profit to relocate, he won't agree. He won't agree. The greatest dimension in life is not in a location, but what? In a person. That is why if God gets you connected to a person, you have to understand the relationship. Understand the place of relationship. Is it connecting you to a man of God? Is it connecting you to somebody? Understand the place of relationship. Just like what Max was sharing this morning. It sets you free from so many things. You upgrade your life when you are rightly connected. Now here is Colino who was supposed to be at the base of spiritual things. Moving up overnight because there was a connection between him and Peter. And the whole of his household broke out speaking in, speaking in tongues even with friends who came in that he invited. They all have experienced the first thing that true Pentecost was supposed to be as the case may be before the rest of the Jews. Why? Generosity and what? Relationship. Did you get that? 
That is why if you make, if you have a relationship, don't mess it up. Some of you, oh, I don't need him again. I don't need him again. You will need him along the line. We just got an invitation, the very big meeting in Kenya in December now, just last week. We got his message as a pastor. We are putting up a conference in December and you have been chosen to come and speak to us here in Kenya. That's what month? He said December. I said, but I don't know you. He said, yes, you don't know me, but we know you. How did you know me? He said, you were recommended to us from South Africa by one apostle there. Now you see, this was a man that ordinarily I wanted to broke relationship with. But you know, my kind of person, I took it easy. I never knew why. We had a meeting together some years back and in 2006. We were in the same hotel room. We shared a lot of things. It's equally deep. And he was so excited, he connected to me. So when I was having another meeting in South Africa, I told him, I'm coming to... I said, oh, look, I would like to have you. I would like to have you. I said, okay, fine. Now, my plane landed in his own city to connect to where I'm supposed to go. Gramstown. I was supposed to go to Gramstown. Now, we landed in his own city. Peter Mary's work, as the case may be, or whatever. And here is this man not coming out to receive me. I went to the place, finished my meeting, three days, and I told him, man, I finished with the meeting here. Am I to come? Oh, you're going to come over. I will see you. I spent one day, two days, before I went off. I couldn't hear from the guy anymore. Oh, I just told my husband, come on, I want to go back to Nigeria. I changed my ticket and I flew back. And since then, we don't talk to each other. But it's the same guy that said, hey, man, look, if you want to have a meeting in Kenya, this man is the only man that can speak to your life. Now, if I had gotten angry to the level of saying, I don't want to have anything, I've written a letter or took my phone and said, you are a stupid fellow. That will have been the end of it. Am I talking to someone here? Relationship, maintain it. Even no matter how people offend you, keep it. Don't broke relationship. If you have to, use wisdom. Don't let the man you are trying to, because... I really kept up. I don't call him. I don't phone him. We don't do anything together. So when I called the guy, who recommended? He said, this guy in South Africa. Master was amazed. He said, How you I said, I'm surprised that he should be the one to recommend me because we have no connection so far. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Don't break relationships. The greatest dimension, I want to mention it again, in life, it's not in your location, but what? In relationship, in a person. In a person. Very important. Very important. Okay. Let me give you this. Write it down again. This sounds like words of wisdom. I'm just speaking from those two passages this morning. This sounds like words of wisdom. Take this. They who do not prepare for the future, we have nobody sent to them. Very important. They who do not prepare for the future, we have nobody sent to them. How do I mean? You can see the story of Colinius. Did he prepare for the future? Oh yes. How did he prepare? Prayer and what? Generosity. Was anybody sent to him? Yes. Who was that? Apostle Peter. They who do not prepare for the future, we have nobody sent to them. <laughs> By implication, some of the glory you are supposed to enter into through divine connection cannot be made available because you are not ready for them. 
So how do you create a future? Wells, generosity, and divine relationship. Is that okay? Those who are not prepared. Now, that means your future for somebody to send somebody. Don't you forget that. It's not the issue of a location. It's the issue of a person. To take you from the level you are to what? To another level. And that person cannot be sent if you are not prepared for it. So you create your future by preparing for your future today. For those who are not prepared for their future, we have nobody to, to what? To send to them. Hallelujah. I have this here. The Peter experience shows that every move from one level to the other requires a different food intake and to be sustained therein. I want to explain this. Look at it. The experience shows that every move from one level to another requires a different food intake and to be sustained therein. Now listen to this. When, when, when Elijah was to leave the brook that dried up, God fed him. You remember that? Come on. Are you there with me? That food was going to sustain him all through the journey. Every new move requires a food intake and a different type of food. I'm going to explain. Peter was in the upper room and as something was about to happen, Food was brought. Kill and eat. Did you get what I'm talking about? By implication. If you must leave the level you are to another level. Your thought pattern. Your mentality must do what? Must change. Divine revelation and awareness are foods. I am the bread of life. Jesus said. I have food that you don't know of. Jesus said. Is that okay? Every new move, every level, every growth that you are moving into requires a different food intake that will sustain you from that level. By implication, if you don't prepare for your future and God blesses you financially, you may not be able to sustain it if you don't have the right wisdom and ability to handle the wealth that finally comes to you at that particular level. You may be fasting and praying for wealth, for breakthrough. If it comes and you are not prepared for it, you will break down. Hallelujah. The wealth of glory will be overwhelming that you may not be able to handle it. It is possible that some of us, if God blesses us with five million, we will need help. Otherwise, we will end up in a psychiatric hospital. I'm just, I'm just being plain and frank. Because we have not, we have not measured, we have not taught, we have not handled five million before. So if five million enters your account, you'll be mad. Why? Because number one, you were not prepared for it. You have concluded that you will never see five million complete in your account. So when it comes, you will need help. Maybe... Some pastors will have to hold you and help you, pray you so that you, you understand what I'm talking about. You will need help. Why? Because you are not prepared for it. They that are not prepared for their future, it will be difficult. So the food you need to sustain the new level is a new orientation, a new mindset, a new understanding. 
Knowing who you are, even in God. Am I communicating? So, when Peter was to move into another level, God said, kill and eat. Elijah was to move. They said, take this food. And it's going to sustain you for 40 days and 40 nights. Every new move, every upgrading that you are looking for, require a new food intake into your mind. To stabilize your own person so that when that thing happens, you don't break down. You don't get mad. You don't get stupid. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's difficult for God to promote some of us because we don't have the right frequency to handle what God wants to bring. He delays our progress in life. Hallelujah. Don't forget what I said. The future that you do not prepare for cannot come to you. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? The future you do not prepare for cannot do what? Cannot come to you. If you don't have the right mind for who God intends you to be for tomorrow, it cannot come because you will not be able to handle it. Listen to what the Lord says. Don't cast precious things onto what? Onto swines. <laughs> you know, somebody once asked me, I asked a question. Because I find somebody was just distributing this. And, okay. I said, why do you do this? Oh, he said the Bible says, cast your bread upon many waters and many they find it. I said, well, that's the principle. I agree with that. But the same Lord said, thou shalt not cast precious things unto swine. That means they require wisdom. <laughs> it is those who value what you are given that needs it. Hallelujah. That is why it's impossible, not because of any pride or whatever. I can't preach in every church and every one of you knows it here. It is those who are and who values what you have. Look at what the Bible says. It said when Peter finally discovered the grace that was in Paul, they extended the right hand of fellowship. That is what it means. Don't cast precious tea on those swines. The future you don't prepare for cannot come to you. It's not a matter of wishing. It's a matter of acting and laying a foundation for your future. And that future you are preparing for rolling unexpectedly. Because Colinians did not even understand there was anything called the Holy Ghost that was going to come. But the future came. Why? Because he prepared for it. You can prepare for your future. You can create your future. Through your words, you can create your future. Through divine relationship, you can create your future. Through your generosity, you can lay foundation for your tomorrow. Even your children will enjoy good things by reason of who you are. Last month, Maxwell called me and said, you know, let me. Say, Pastor, let me invite him in as you come to spend the weekend in his house. I said, let me? He said, yes. I took my phone. I said, Pastor, did you invite? He said, yes, I just want him. I want her to come to the house. He said, one thing is this, David. I love you. I love your ministry. I understand who you are. And I believe in you. I know what God has in your life. And I want to relate. And this is one of the ways by which I can prove my relationship. Let your daughter come and spend the weekend in my house. Relationship. Even your children can benefit from them. 
Are you following me this morning? I'm just trying to admonish you so that we can prepare for the future. We can lay good foundation for tomorrow. It will come in, but if we're not ready for it, it won't come. Look at, how many of you know about this centurion story? That's another thing she prepared for, he prepared for the future. Is that okay? He single-handedly built a temple for the Jewish people. He was not a Jew, but he built a temple for the worship of God. And here come the servant being sick. By implication, by way of medical expertise, nothing could be done anymore. And the Jewish people came and said, hey, it's like even the Jews recognized that the servant of this man was sick. They knew the servant was sick. There was no help from anybody. No help from any source. And the Jewish people came and said, hey, look, master, go and heal that man's servant. Because he single-handedly built a worship center for Jehovah. Go and heal the servant. What healed the servant? The generosity of the centurion. You understand what I'm talking about? Now, was, was the man doing that because he was thinking one day the servant will be sick? Not at all. Lay a foundation for your future. I'm announcing it now. If you like, don't listen. You can build your future. You can lay good foundation for tomorrow. Don't turn your back on those who have blessed you. Don't turn your back on those that God has used to assist you one way or the other. Why am I saying that? God is always mindful of what you do to his people. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Praise the living God. Lay foundation for tomorrow. Through the words you speak. Don't insult people unnecessarily. <laughs> because they can go to the future and be waiting for you. You show up one day and say, is it you? Say yes. <laughs> can you remember? <laughs> that is even when the person wants to be frank with you. Others will say you don't have a chance here. But I say you are not qualified. I gave you a story sometime here of a, of, of, come on, get me the mic. Of a headmaster. I told you then, Isoko Central ICS, they used to call it. The man was so tough and rough on his teachers. Accidentally, one of the teachers in that school become the registrar of Uniport. And the son of this man got admission to Uniport. Jump! Wrote him. God gave me, he went there. <laughs> and the man looked at the name and said, are you a son of that man? He said this. I mean, I'm talking of the man that was the headmaster of that school. Are you the child of that man? He said, I'm the child. You sure you are the child? Yes. Okay. So let me tell you. You, you, you qualified. You passed. Everything is correct. But go and tell your father that that teacher that was under him is not the registrar. And I deny you admission to Uniport. Life. The boy could not get the admission. He came back home and met one of my friends. He said, my father have killed me. He said, what? <laughs> He said, the registrar in that school was a teacher under my father. Now, he has denied me admission. And he told me I should go and tell my father like that. What would the man do? Will he not go and beg him? The boy didn't get admission to Uniport. He has to look for another school. I wouldn't know if he waited for another year to ride jump again. <laughs> you are laying foundations for your future. By your act, your relationship... The way you deal with people, the way you speak to people, you are laying a foundation for yourself. You are creating your future. 
You will just walk into it one day. You'll be amazed. How did it come? The devil is, the devil is not after you. You created that environment yesterday. Are you there with me? You created it yesterday by your words, by your action, by the way you related to people, by the way you felt nobody is important but you alone. All of a sudden, that slave boy <laughs> becomes a master in another region and you find yourself there. Glory to God. Don't block your tomorrow. Lay a good foundation through the words you speak. You don't only create them, you also use them to relate to people. In the way you talk to people matters. Am I correct, somebody? It matters a lot. The way you talk to people, the way you respond to what people, it's so important you mind the things you say and how you think about other people. So many of us are not mindful. You see, even in the natural, there's a word that is spoken, say, that must not bite the finger that have fed you. Does the people say that? I'm saying the same thing to you this morning. By no means try that. Because he will forget where the rain begins to fall and somebody gave him an umbrella. We finally remember when another rain begins to fall and there's no umbrella for him. He will say, oh, that, that two days ago, when the rain almost beat me, that woman gave me umbrella. But you saw that woman after the rain stopped, forgetting that another rain will fall tomorrow. <laughs> you create a future for yourself, not the devil. The devil does not have power to stop you. Am I talking to somebody here? There are two rulers in this world. And every power that the devil had is, is a subsidized, how do I put it? Is, is, is delegated, not even to that level. It just conceded. Come on, hear me right. It just conceded. Is that okay? Hear this. The Bible says, the people that are in authority, governors in authority, kings in authority, instead of the Lord. So respect them. Romans 13. Remember that? Now, are they doing the will of God or not? Most of them are not doing the will of God, but God ordained they should be there. That means God gave them authority. But not because he wanted them there in that sense. It is for him to prove who he is. The devil doesn't have any power of his own. Every power the devil exercises is considered to him by who? By God. Therefore, God cannot allow the devil to go beyond the level at which he wants you to go. So the devil has no power over your life. That's why you are complete in him. Who is the head of all principality and what? And powers. Let all your fears go. Create your future. By your action and relationship. By your generosity. Just create your future. 